Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we're talking about educating physicians, educating patients, and educating sport coaches. Lots of education going on. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Ronald Show. I'm up here in Boston, Massachusetts at Champion PT and Performance with, our, again, our large crew. We got a couple of new students for this episode. Is this your first one, Logan? Yes. This is good. So we got a couple of new students here to ask us some questions. That's going to be awesome. Um, heck, we even, I think we have some formal announcements today, right? Like, I'm pregnant. Does, <laughs> Lenny. Does, does LennyMacrina.com exist? It may exist. It may have been launched Full at cloud? some point in this Full decade. Maybe you're watching this. Is there still a plant as the cover? There is no plant. There is a video of me. Yeah, well, Go to yeah. LennyMacrina.com and check it out. <laughs> so LennyMacrina.com is now live, and Lenny's going to be writing some awesome articles on there. Len, what's your what's your thing? Why why, thing, does, why does it exist? My thing is to kind of interpret the literature, is to simplify physical therapy. Um, I think we get too complicated out there, and so I feel like my role uh, in this blog is to help simplify things and kind of cut through some of the BS in the literature and some of the BS that's out there in social media and kind of bring things back to kind of middle of the road. Nice. Like that. He's going to make physical therapy great. <laughs> anyway. Dave Tilly, shiftmovementscience.com. He's been shifting away on that for years. Oh, shift. So you guys know that. So Dan Pope, fitness pain-free. His fitness has been pain-free for years. You guys know that. But Mike Scaduto, do you have an announcement too? I also launched a website. It's uh, MikeScaduto.com. How do you spell Scaduto? S-C-A-D-U-T-O. So MikeScaduto.com. And what's your thing? Uh, my thing is trying to educate golfers specifically on uh, how to move better and, and perform better. Like that. Um, <laughs> but but like also that. just give them a, a way, an outlet and a way to learn about um, how their body moves in the golf swing and what specific things we're looking for and then how to progress their performance-based program and get a little bit stronger out in the gym safely and, and how that translates to their, to their golf swing. Nice. Kind of my thing. He's been working on his elevator pitch. That was solid. That was perfect. And just so. hit the ball further. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just 15 more yards. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just like everything else. Like, we want injury-free golfing. Nobody wants to buy that. They all want to buy 15 more yards on your drive. But Mike's obviously passionate about golf, so he's going he's gonna to start producing some great content on there. He's already got a few things up there, but it's going to be awesome. So. Anyway, student-wise, we're not even going to have any questions. <laughs> Mike launched his so, new blog, so, MikeRinald.com. we got a couple of new students. So, Logan, Klon, I don't, do we, we don't even have nicknames. Genghis Klon. There's so many obvious nicknames <laughs> that we don't know which one I know, Logan's, is, he's almost like a nickname factory right now. Like, <laughs> we literally have had 20 that we can't. But Logan's just such a cool name in and of itself. We've just been calling him Logan. It's like Wolverine, man. It's the best one ever. Super lame, but epic. Logan Klon, he's from Wash U in St. Louis. They have a great program there, so he's been kicking some butt, right? We're doing pretty good. Zach Talley. 
from Regis. Yep. Is this a university or a college? University. Uh, this, is, this is what we had with Keisha. Shout out it's Keisha. a university. So yeah, shout out to Keisha. But Zach is here. What's Zach's nickname? Zach Tack. Tally Ho. <laughs> Zach Tally Ho. Like Eli Manning. So we, like Eli for a little while. We called him Eli in there. <laughs> he's he's, he's Eli. 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 I'm Billy Madison. He's he's the long lost Manning brother. All right, who's reading the questions today? Moving on. All right, Logan's up. I don't know where to go. I'm like I'm in the way. So Logan, read him away. What do we got for question number one? Hunter from California. I'm just starting to work with patients from a group of ortho surgeons. They do rehab like it's 1995. Uh, We can't see them until two to four weeks post-op for knees and four to six for shoulders. How could we go about introducing them to current practices? Like seeing them the first week after surgery. All right, so his surgeons, this is a he, I forget the name. Hunter. Hunter, so probably he. Um, so Hunter's surgeons are doing rehab like it's 1995, which sounds awesome to me. So that, Dave was an infant at that time. I was. I was, I was a whopping five. <laughs> he was a five, yeah, five years old. So it sounds like to me they're rocking to maybe Pearl Jam's Vitalogy album, <laughs> I think, came out in 1995. Uh, Rage Against Machine, I think, produced their second uh, LP that was a fantastic Tupac, one in 95. Tupac is live um, What else? Oh, oh Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by by the uh, like Smash, Smash, Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Alright, this is the worst episode ever so far. <laughs> Alright, so rehab, so it's, it's like 1995. Len, how do you talk to a surgeon let Lenny do this one, right? Because yeah. he's, he's kind of the, the dry sense of humor, right. what we say in New England here. How, how do you talk to a surgeon and say, hey, your rehab is, uh, is like 1995? Yeah. Which I think is a compliment, but anyway. I, it's, this is tricky. It sounds like they've been doing this for a while. So you're gonna, you, this is an uphill battle that you're probably not going to win very quickly. You've you got to somehow get in a situation of where they trust you. You gotta slowly break down that barrier. You gotta get them in a neutral zone, meaning maybe you're at the I don't know company Christmas party or something. You're, you're in a you're in a situation where it's not like you go up to them and say, "Hey, I think we need to progress this rehab." Like it's it's, it's not you're not gonna do that. They're not they're gonna laugh at you. They don't care. They just want their patient to get better because they've been doing it like this for, for twenty years. So you gotta somehow slowly chisel away. Maybe you're speaking at one of their meetings. You're you're you um, you. I don't know, you're hanging out with them on a Friday after work and you get a, you get a beer or something like that. There's going to be a, a social uh, atmosphere where you can kind of just hit them in a, in a laid-back position and just kind of throw some random stuff at them. Nothing nothing earth-shattering. They know the stuff. They just don't believe that they want to apply that to their people right now because it's already worked. I don't know if you guys have anything different I, add to add. Or... I, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think the barrier that exists a lot of times is that surgeons send their patients to several therapists that too and they have to have a baseline that they feel is comfortable right we've talked to tons of surgeons that we've gone up to and said hey dr x and x you know your protocol is a little conservative we usually do this what do you think and they're like oh no oh you guys do whatever you want that's just like what we do for the people we don't trust yeah so I think what that means is you have to establish a layer of trust with your physicians and can't be a generic therapist that they work with. And Lenny, I think, nailed that, though. How do you do that? You try to, you know, I, I think you have to get on their level. Like, we try to speak at meetings that our physicians are at. Like, I'm at a big meeting in Boston in a couple of weeks with all the local PT doc, uh, um, the local uh, Boston docs, right? And they see me in a different light after they see me on the podium with them. 
right? So now they're like, oh, all right, well, if Mike does it this way, then I, all right, that, that sounds like I'm more comfortable. So maybe you don't do that, but maybe, like Lenny said, there's social things. That you get, I think trust. You have to build trust, yeah. and then I bet you that they'll give you a little more leeway. Dan, you've been in a diverse background in Colorado and stuff with other yeah. docs. How did you guys do it? Well, that, that was it, and I guess I've done this, and I'm starting to do this right now because I've only been here for like about 10 months or so, but I just came back from an appointment with one of my, um, with one of my patients and just talked to the doctor, and you're building trust. You call them up, send them emails, ask them questions, send them patients. They send patients back. They actually ask you questions after a while as far as rehab goes. What do you think we should do? And then they have much more trust. You can just say, like, hey, can we start at this point for these? I think we're going to have more progress based on these reasons. And it's, yeah, it's building that trust. Just like you said, half the doctors I called when I first established myself in the area were like, oh, yeah, it's just just generic protocol. I have no idea where that came from. I guarantee <laughs> I guarantee the docs don't even realize what's on their protocol. Or they're like, oh, yeah, really? No, you can do, you can do that. You got There's definitely... They, they haven't looked at those protocols in a long time, or their nurse, or whoever is, is giving out the protocols, doesn't even realize what's on them, I guarantee. And they would probably want them updated. It's just you got to figure out a way to, to break down that little wall. Win them over with trust. Yeah. Don't go in there guns blazing, like, saying that they're doing it wrong, right? you got to win them over with trust. I think that's, that's the big one, so... This is the education episode, by the way. So that's educating oh. physicians. Oh, boy. What's next, Logan? Uh, oh, we're switching. We're switching. Sorry. Tally-ho. What's up, Tally-ho? Yeah, that's like a call. That's like a call to action here on the podcast. Tally-ho. Tally-ho. Wait, how do we, where are we emphasize? Do we emphasize the ho or the tally? I would emphasize the tally on the podcast. Tally-ho. No. Tally-ho. We're spiking the audio, I bet. Anyway, all right. Tally-ho. What do we got? All right. Jarrett from Massachusetts. Guys, love the show. Lenny does a great job sharing publications <laughs> concerning outcomes following surgery. I have a blog post now, too. You can go to that. <laughs> How do you balance giving your patients this evidence-based information on the risks of re-injury following surgery without creating movement, fear, and anxiety during their return to sport? Right, I what, scare the crap out of what, my people. Yeah. So they, that thing's going to rip. That thing's going to rip. Back yeah. Two years after an ACL. Let, let's approach this as a, how, how, do you, how do you educate your patients with current science, right? Yeah, and like, how do you integrate it? How do you do, I think the question is, is what's too much? Let's right. not focus exactly, because yeah. trust me, none of our app, I, I, whatever, I don't wanna get into There's that. There's some people that thing. I think I need to get a little bit more in depth. I have everything in my head. I'm guiding it the way I, I think is best based off of my experience in literature, but there's some people that are gonna push to the point where you need to let them know the true numbers. Um, I had a guy the other day, ACL, he's like four months out and he is dying to do crazy stuff that he, I don't think he's ready for. And I had to throw the, you get a 25% chance of re-tearing your ACL. I don't want to throw that at my ACLs, that'll freak him out. But he needed to know that if he tries to go too quickly, he's risking, you know, uh, OA long term. He's risking uh, re-tearing his ACL. So it's in my head and it, it's definitely individualized based off of the person's education, their level of interest, uh, how they are responding to PT. There's so many different variables that it's tough for me to just say I do this for everybody. So it's it's so individualized. So Dave, you work with a lot, a lot of young athletes. Um, I think that changes a little bit. What's your strategy with young athletes? Yeah, I think that it's uh, there's a fine line between having the most current kind of evidence in your mind guiding 
your suggestions and your, your like what you think the best course of action is. But like Lenny said, it's not like dumping terminology on them or like going way too over their head with like the actual jargon of the medical literature. So it's like, you know, well, a lot of studies show this and so seeing a lot of back fractures late, it's like, well, we know about like four to six months for it to heal and then maybe up to nine months for you to get back and like here are the possible things that could go wrong if you go back too soon. Make up some things here and there and I think that they understand that but for an athlete that's in high school and especially with a mom who's doesn't really know what's going on and they're equally as kind of worried about it. It's like you have to kind of just be like, well, like, this is our best approach and we're going to try these things, but know that it's not a linear approach that, you know, we might have some bumps along the road. And um, I think the jogging you use is very important the younger the athlete is. So, Mike, as a, oh, sorry, Dan, you got something? I do, but we'll go Mike first. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, as a recent <laughs> graduate, like, so a younger physical therapist in your career, how are you, how are you working towards that? How are your conversations with clients going? Because I know... I know that's a thing you learn, like you learn how to talk, like have you had any experiences where you've gone over someone's head or, or something like that, like what, how's it going? Definitely, uh, definitely had an experience where I find myself throwing all these technical terms at people and I don't think they're really understanding um, what I'm saying and they're not taking that home and not taking that message with them when they leave. So I found I had to take a step back, try and speak on their level, but also be very upfront about what um, I think their course of rehab is going to be what they need um, while they're in here and what they like what their plan is going forward I think kind of laying that out early on that's something you guys have really helped like me work on and taught me um, is to be very upfront and kind of lay out that whole plan as best you can anticipating some bumps and bruises along the way um, is something that I'm working on like continuously I think it's, it gets better over time but it's definitely something that's important yeah, it, it's like you gotta find your way. You like you, yeah. you you berate somebody with too much science, and then you realize, oh, that didn't that probably didn't go as well as I thought it was going to. Our place is so small, so we can hear everything he says. So <laughs> if we hear something, we're like, oh, we're analyzing the crap out of it. Walking on eggshells every day. Dan, what do you got? All right, I think I th- I'm gonna say that it really depends completely on the the patient population, right? General outpatient setting. So when I was in Colorado, we saw like combination of some athletes, and we also saw like some geriatrics and people with chronic pain. Um, for the person where you're battling for them to actually move a little bit, right, and to actually start exercising some, I think a lot of times you're really trying to educate that person, like motion is good, you know, we want to get you going, and we don't want to make them fearful of motion because you're doing whatever you can in your power to get them moving. For a lot of our athletes, they're doing way too much, and you got to back them off a little bit. Sometimes we get people post-surgical, they're doing like pull-ups week two and like crazy stuff, and you're like, we can't, don't do this, this is bad. I think sometimes <laughs> giving them that, that negative is a good thing, but yeah. I think sometimes you go too far. It's yeah, back that's a good like, point. So sometimes the, I, I think fear's a negative word here, but sometimes you're intentionally kind of like trying to get them like, hey, like this isn't all... You know, this isn't all roses here. Like sometimes there are some negatives. So. Yeah, read the crowd. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Genghis. <laughs> what do we got, Genghis? I'm gonna go with Morgan Freeman because you sound like Morgan Freeman narrating something right now. <laughs> all right, Mary, Mary Kate from New Jersey. Hi, Mike and the gang. Love the show. I coach softball and just graduated PT school. A well-known pitching coach in my area tells the girls not to strengthen their upper body because it will affect their pitching mechanics. How do we educate them on the importance of strength training in the prevention of injury? I like it. So we have educating physicians, educating patients. Now we have educating, we'll say, coaches, like a sport coach. So Dave, why don't we can just let Dave handle this one. But, but like, how do you educate the old school coaches, um, you know, to be more modern? Yeah. I don't know if that's the this, way to say it. But. This, this has been constantly is to, like, one of my biggest challenges I face kind of in my position because I still coach uh, gymnastics, and I, that's, I would say, half my – 
interactions or teaching coaches about why things are happening and why people are getting hurt and like what the new science promotes over what kind of has you know been around in our sport for years and I think that um, the first error that I made was really just like not I don't say attacking is the word but just like like just dumping it all on someone and instantly they feel like you're attacking them and you're like well what you don't know anything or something like that as soon as you do that somebody shuts down they will never listen to you again so I think that the, the hardest thing to do but the most important is to like very kind of like delicately touch upon certain subjects like hey you know well there's some new ideas out there and like what do you think and like kind of have a conversation more than just like an onslaught on them and I think too is that if you talk about performance and injury in the same parallel track people are much more on board from the performance side you know what I mean so like I used to always talk about well we don't want to have ACL tears and hurt people's backs and as much as I wish they would listen it was really hard to get that but I was like okay well if we clear up all these movement issues and we get you a little stronger, actually you might, you know, you might run a little faster, you might jump a little higher and be like, oh, okay, okay, but in the back of my mind, and you won't fracture your back. But like right. kind of going on that, what they're the most interested in is maybe the first best route and then just kind of, like like the before trust, you know, slowly That's sprinkling. Trust is one and then I, th- I hate to say it, I think it comes, it's marketing. Yeah. It's just a different sense of marketing. So you have to, you have to go to their desires. What do they want? Exactly. They want performance out of their athletes. So show them how it's performance and then we'll, uh, we'll say like wink, wink, they're actually yeah. reducing injuries too. But like, you know, again, nobody wants to buy an injury prevention program. Like, it, you know, people want a performance enhancement program. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Tons of education on this episode. I love it. If you like more education, uh, head to MikeRonald.com, click on that podcast link and keep asking us questions. Great questions come in. Again, we love them all. Go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, I guess we'll see you on the next episode. I don't have like a better conclusion <laughs> dun, than that. Dun, dun, dun. So LennyMcCrina.com, MikeScududo.com. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRonald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.